Listen. Just listen. I'm Serendipity Theater Collective Company member Rick Walker, and you're listening to Second Story Podcast. Second Story is Serendipity Theater Collective's festival of stories, wine, and music, a collaboration among writers, actors, musicians, and others to create good stories and good times. The stories are written by the performers themselves, sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, always thought-provoking. about Second Story, our performers, and our performances, visit us at storiesandwine.com. And now, a member of the story development team for Second Story, Jay Adams Oak. I remember that night really clearly. Well, that is until I got so drunk my eyes blurred. Why the hell do all of my stories start the same way? <laughs> I'm going to back up just a minute and uh, tell you about the long, crazy ride getting to me trashed and having my first one-night stand. Yeah. <laughs> it was the early eight. Uh, no, not the 80s. It was the early 60s. It was the early 90s, and I was 21. And I was so freaking in love with this guy... I didn't even know him that well, and uh, he was following the dead around Europe. (laughs) Didn't help, and I wasn't even out of the closet yet. So there I was in Chicago, the big city, trying to be a writer by scribbling some crap in my journal occasionally while I sat around alone at home, when what I really wanted to be doing was smoking in cool cafes and reading fancy literature in the park and going to artist salons, you know, like in Paris, where everybody got together and just was. (laughs) Just expressed their artistic soul. But you know what happens, right? Life is way too real, you know? It's too mundane, or at least it was, until that one cool night in July. Now, I didn't know anyone who was artsy-fartsy, but my friend Beth knew, uh, had a new roommate, Angela, and she was a singer in a band. And she, <laughs> she knew musicians. And they knew starving actors and poor poets and painters and jugglers. And all of them loved cheap wine. So everybody brought tons of crappy Merlot and nasty Pinot Noir, and my best friend, Beth, made magic. This sweet, juicy, fruity, mess you up without you knowing punch called sangria. We all ladled it into our cups from an old wash bucket in the kitchen and then wandered back down the long hallway past the girls' messy bedrooms, back to the living room where everybody was introducing themselves to each other. Hey, guys, um, I said to the people and their instruments. Hey. Angela said. Are, are you the singer, I asked? Yeah. C- cool, I said. Y- you? Uh, nah, nah, I'm uh, um, a writer, I guess. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really an artist, not like you guys. 
Oh, that's cool. She said... So as you might have noticed, the sangria hadn't made me too witty yet. And I was nervous because I had... never had anything to say to strangers. But see, what I didn't realize was that I was already at that romantic, artistic, Parisian-style cafe, salon. It was just waiting to happen. It was warming up, you know? Letting the booze and the weed sink in. More people were already asking, so what do you do, you know? What do you make? I stood by the huge open front windows and watched my friend Beth light candles as a guy in the corner with a guitar casually strummed. Beth's friend Carmen, the Spanish poet, started reciting one of her poems to Angela. Carmen had huge curly black hair and huge wet red lips and these huge boobs I could not avoid staring at. Angela said something like, That'd make a great song. And then she thought about it for a moment and started singing. Just like that. Like normal human beings just spontaneously create. And her friend Sean heard her and he joined in. He suggested a line and before you knew it, a bunch of them were making music. Real fucking music. From Carmen's poem. People leaned in and listened and watched Carmen sidled up next to me and wiggled her hand in between my arm and sighed like we were best friends. You writer Jeffrey, no? <laughs> Recite something, Carmen said into my ear. The piano jumped into the mix. Oh, oh, no, I said, removing my arm, her arm from mine. I, I, I can't. I, uh, I can't memorize anything. Oh, she said, pouting her big red lips. But I wished I could just spout off a story like that glorious music playing and the poetry and the painting that had begun. I was just a stupid 21-year-old. I couldn't even look Carmen in the eyes. Maybe you help paint something, Jeffrey, she said. A group of folks angled a light toward the far wall and began to open up paint tins and sketch figures amongst trees. A solo slowed everything down. Even the artists slowed their arcing strokes and Carmen stepped up to Angela again and whispered to her, feeding her lines, lines that began to fill the air. People danced, and my friend Beth made out with this guy, Trent, as they painted a tree. It all overwhelmed me, and I swear it was not my buzz talking. In fact, I was still too sober, so I snuck down the hall for more sangria. I wanted to be a part of it so badly, to own it, but I just felt like an audience member. Oh. Jeffrey, why you leave me there alone? I ladled myself some more, wishing she'd leave me alone. Angela, she sing my poem, I como mata mi corazón sin alas. It mean, oh, how my wingless heart murder. That's a nice title, I told her. Oh, you're so cute, she said. Feel me, cariño. And as she caressed my arm, I ladled too much into her cup. 
so she had to suck the rim of the glass. I was so annoyed. I just wanted to go back out there. You know, maybe the liquid courage would give me enough to paint a stroke or two. You need to be my boyfriend. Carmen purred as her hand slid down my back. I laughed. Don't think me silly, Jeffrey. I am tired of men I see. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I gotta go, I said. And in response, she squeezed my ass. Now, it wasn't just a tap or a pat. It was a deep squeeze. It kind of hurt. It kind of touched a place I don't want to be touched by a woman. It made me squeak and slip away. But Carmen just shook her head like I was a puppy piddled on the carpet. That made me really mad. I mean, there I was trapped with this stupid woman and her stupid boobs, keeping me away from this amazing artistic moment. And P.S., why couldn't it be a guy squeezing my ass, you know? So I chugged my glass, reladled, and stomped back out front where the music was jamming so loud, the windows rattled. The candles flickered, I breathed deep and laughed, and everybody moved and sang and swayed and painted, and my friend Beth waved at me as some girl spun her around. Angela smiled and started to sing poetry again as a guy shouted, Hey! The tattooed guy with a bull ring in his nose said to me, You! Hi. <laughs> I finished my glass. What? Why are you messing with my girlfriend? He said. Who? Carmen, you've been trying to get up on my girlfriend. He said, moving into my face. No, I, I, uh, oh, Georgie, stop be crazy. (laughs) Carmen shouted, rubbing his arm. What's going on, Jeff? Angela asked as people gathered around. My girlfriend's on my side and the painter's flanking George like we were going to have a rumble. (laughs) You leave him alone (laughs) Angela said Jeff wouldn't do that Jeff was making moves on George's girl A juggler yelled (laughs) And back and forth they went While I just stood there doing nothing Like I always do Watching it all go down But wait a second I didn't have to watch it all go down. This was too messed up. My night was ruined, and I wanted nothing to do with this. So I left. Fuck this, I said to everyone. I am out of here. And I stomped out onto Clark Street, weaving through packs of Wrigleyville goons. So drunk, I was mumbling to myself over and again, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. I said, thinking to myself, I'd show them all. I didn't need to be an artist. I didn't need nobody. I'd, I'd, I'd do something. That's right. And I didn't stop until I found myself in Boys Town for the first time at a bar with a giant front window full of men and a bouncer who checked my ID and a crowd I pushed through, thinking how I was drunk like everybody else and now I'd screw like everybody else, fast and nasty, no feeling, no love, no beauty. And there I was at the edge of the dance floor, swaying slowly. 
staring at the one guy I could see in the dark through the bright colored lights. And wow, he smiled at me. And I smiled at him and tried to stand up a little straighter. And he walked over to me and as he came closer, that one tiny part of my brain that was still sober thought, I don't think you're ready for this. He was pretty short, and um, he had arms and legs, <laughs> and he had clothes. And I know he had a mouth that said, hey, you want to get out of here? And we were in a taxi, flying toward my place, making out, and I remember to warn him, um, by the way, my roommates don't know I'm gay. <laughs> He said something I laughed at, something I wouldn't remember in the morning, and then I dragged him into my cold bedroom, dragged my mattress off the floor because my bed creaks, and, do you have any condoms, he asked. But I didn't because I'd never done this before, because this was only my second time ever, so I snuck into the bathroom and stole two from my roommate's stash. Two, the guy said. Are are you going to wear both? No, I slurred, thinking, well, to be safe, shouldn't we both wear one? And then we screwed. (laughs) And his mouth tasted like coffee and french fries and vodka, and then he fell asleep on my arm. And I looked at him numbing my skin, thinking, huh, I wonder what his name is. I'm thinking, how the hell did I get here? And I shut my eyes, thinking, well, I think I'll sleep now. But instead, I thought about the shiny, spinning, magical party I'd been at earlier. (laughs) That I heard the music, and I heard Angela watch the paint splash. I'd never felt so happy and so sad at the same time before, but I decided, you know, the next time, and there would be a next time, somehow I was going to join right in. Anyway, I didn't sleep. He snored too loud. And when the sun came up, he opened his eyes and looked around and then bolted up. Damn, he said, why didn't you kick me out? Now my parents are going to know I was out all night. Sorry, I said. He got up, got dressed, and handed me a piece of paper from his pocket. It had his number already written on it, but no name. Thanks, he said flatly, and snuck quietly out. I laid there a second till my arm came back to life so I could tear up that little piece of paper because that's what I figured you do when you've had a one-night stand. And I smiled, you know. I thought... (laughs) Well, the very least, this will make a good story someday.
Second Story Podcast is brought to you by Amanda Delheimer, Megan Steelstrip, Christopher Jobson, Miles Pulaski, Mikhail Fixel, and me, Rick Walker. To find out more about Second Story, the performances, and our performers, visit us at storiesandwine.com.